Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This episode is brought to you in part by Noom. Forget one-size-fits-all diets. With Noom, you get a personalized weight loss plan that's tailored to your lifestyle. No food is off-limits. Enjoy your favorites while discovering healthier habits. Noom's users love the flexible approach, blending psychology and biology to help you lose weight in a way that's sustainable for you. And great news for foodies. Noom just released the Noom Kitchen Cookbook with 100 delicious, healthy recipes. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Com. Grab your copy of The Noom Kitchen wherever books are sold. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Here for the Right Reasons, Us Weekly's Bachelor podcast. I am your host, Sarah Heron, and ding dong, the queen has been dethroned. Victoria is no longer reigning queen at Nemecolon Resort in Pennsylvania. Matt James said goodbye. He laid down the law. And I got to talk to him all about his decision to finally take Victoria's crown and set her free. Free and away from the other contestants and some of the other drama starters, including Anna and MJ. And we touched on so many other things. And I can't wait for you guys to all listen to my interview with Matt, which I'm going to play shortly. Um, but first, I want to talk about some things we didn't get to because, you know, some inside scoop. Matt James does press all day, and I only have a handful of minutes to get as many questions out there at him, and it can be a lot of pressure. So a conversation was a little bit all over the place, and that's because we didn't have a lot of time. But I think he gave a lot of good nuggets about Rachel, about Victoria, and about why he dropped an album last night. He said, I'm falling in love with you too, to Rachel on week five. You know, if you listen to last week's episode, you know I asked Ben Higgins about his decision to say I love you to both Lauren and JoJo and how it kind of became this big controversy in Bachelor Nation. And now Ben Higgins was like the bachelor who broke the I love you rules. Because if you watch really old school seasons of the show, they never respond. And it used to be this awkward thing where the contestants it was implied that they had to say I love you to kind of move on, but the lead would just look at them. Or that's what we thought. Ben Higgins kind of looked at me and hinted at me like, I think I was the one they just showed all the I love yous for to have, you know, the extra drama, which made me think maybe, you know, there's something to that. And the contestants, the leads were saying I love you more than we thought they were. Or maybe after Ben did it, he really did unleash these floodgates and have the bachelors be way too happy with the I love yous. Um, either way, week five, Matt James pretty early. He didn't say I love you. He said I'm falling in love with you. But there are women in that room who I still don't recognize. And usually when we get a love confession, I can name the remaining contestants. That being said, we still have Brie. We still have Kit in the mix. We have Michelle. And I want to touch a little bit on... Kit, because I think it was really interesting that she got a one-on-one -on -one date in this week's episode. Um, Kit, if you don't know, is Cynthia Rowley, the fashion designer's daughter. 
She's 21. She's a student at NYU, and she also has a fashion line that she launched kind of under her mom a few years ago. She has a podcast with her mom, and she has this socialite title. And she was on Bachelor Happy Hour talking about how she was actually really upset that they called her a socialite on the show because she felt like it diminished her accomplishments. On the episode, we kind of got to see this other side of Kit. And I don't know about you guys, but I was kind of shocked that Kit had this like romantic one-on-one with Matt and that she got the rose. I thought... And everyone I was watching with thought that he invited her on the one-on-one to kind of send her home. And maybe she was one of the women who, you know, we all remembered. She was memorable in that feathery dress when she showed up and she's got the young face and she was involved in the drama. So it would make sense maybe not to just send her home casually at a rose ceremony. You know, the rose ceremony sent homes, they're usually people you don't recognize at this point in the game. One or two stand out like the ballerina on night one and you're devastated. But most of them, they leave and you kind of forget, which by the way, Victoria's exit. Matt had a great answer for that. So keep listening to find out how he felt when she just stood there and stared at him. But Kit, I thought he was going to send her home. And I thought that they were doing that. So it would be like a memorable exit because Kit's going to be kind of a face we might see again in Bachelor Nation. But instead, it was actually this like really cute date. Now she's 21. He's 29. I don't see her being the winner here. I really don't. But they definitely had more in common than I thought they would. And they seemed to really connect. And that was the biggest shocker for me of the episode was Kit's connection with Matt, getting the one-on-one date and everything that played out with her. She also, you know, again, her mom, Cynthia Rowley, that's pretty freaking cool. She doesn't want to just be known as that, but it is always interesting. Like how much did Matt know about her? Probably not much. Like, I don't know how much he knows about New York designers, But she kind of fascinates me, Kit. And she also, on Bachelor Happy Hour, was asked about Victoria and kind of her being a mean girl. And Kit didn't totally defend her, but she did point out that apparently Victoria opened up to a lot of the women about her insecurities. You know, Victoria has maintained that this was none of this was um, supposed to be mean and it was supposed to be, quote, fun spirited. I don't know how calling a hoe can be fun. Um, especially if you just met them and you don't know them and you are saying it because of their profession, which was a dancer. That was the whole Ryan thing. Um, So I think that's kind of her excuse and it's kind of a lame one because none of her insults were very funny. But Kit also told Rachel and Becca, you know, I think that she's like the funniest person ever. And everyone in the Becca and Rachel were like, I don't really get how you could feel that way since nothing she said was funny on the show. So there's more to Victoria. There's more to everyone. Right. But I really think that she might go down as like the meanest person to have ever been on this show. And it's, it's not great. You guys, it's not great, but I'm glad she's gone. I cannot wait for the women tell all. Um, hopefully we'll get some remorse from her because after good morning America, you know, when she didn't apologize and kind of, made no excuses for her behavior. She released this Instagram apology and then deleted it, but it was screen grabbed by a Bachelor Nation scoop, I think, on Instagram. So it's very confusing where she actually stands with this and whether she's sorry or not. I assume she's not. Um, There was all that drama with Matt James's friends, like fat shaming her or something ridiculous, which is never cool. And Matt James, you know, said, please, like, that is not acceptable. I should really, like, evaluate who my friends are, which is, you know, the appropriate thing to say because that's insane that they were trying to, like, mock him on the golf course with Victoria and something about her weight. Like, that's not cool. So I hope that she, you know, lays low and tries to, you know, cope after this experience because we're going to get into this on Friday – We're going to start doing two episodes a week, which is very exciting. And we're going to break down the biggest headlines of the week. And of course, this week, it's been all this Dylan, Jed, 
accusing the bachelors of manipulating everything and editing and all this stuff. And we're going to dive deep into it on Friday, but I do want to say, you know, with Victoria specifically, we saw a lot of stuff in this episode that didn't necessarily come from her mouth at the, at the time it was airing. For example, when she was walking with kid at the beginning on that walk and they were talking about all the new girls and she said, quote, we haven't even started the hazing process. Katie's disgusting. I love the OGs. So we, she definitely said these things, like they were her voice a thousand percent. I don't think they chopped them up. I think that those were her thoughts and they're horrible and not okay. But I don't think she said them on that walk. And even when she was like crying to the producer, who we assumed she was talking to a producer in the bathroom and outside, they made it seem like the girls could overhear her. But I don't think that was the case either. I think that was footage of them kind of looking around and trying to figure out why Victoria was kind of storming around and crying. But I don't think they could actually hear her because I don't know if she's that stupid. And their reactions weren't that weren't that big. They were kind of just like, what's going on? Um, but saying that she's the only one with a brain in the house and the only one Matt could end up marrying. I mean, you guys, I feel like the only word used to describe her is delusional. Um, delusional. And I think I'm happy she's gone, but I also can't stop talking about her. So I don't know what's going to happen next. Um, on this episode, we also saw Rachel get the one-on-one, the fairy tale date. I love this date on the show because – it one, I love seeing the clothes and seeing what they get to keep because no matter what happens, Rachel has Louis Vuitton. So congrats to her. She really won the show. But remember like five years ago when Jade got the state on Crystal season and it was pegged to the Cinderella movie and Ashley, I was so devastated because she wanted to be a princess that she sat around crying in a princess dress, like fighting over shoes and who gets the best date of, you know, buying dresses, that's drama that we can all get behind. We're not accusing each other of being escorts and ruining each other's lives. Whereas now poor Brittany, every time you Google her, she's going to be linked to being an escort. We're fighting about who got the prettier shoes on the date and who had to play in mud on a farm. Like that is cool. Like I like, you know, not cool, but that drama is fair. That's petty. That's real to just watch versus like life changing and horrible and mean spirited. So I liked that we brought that in. You know, they made Rachel get all dolled up, walk through the house in the new shoes and the new dress just to leave the room two seconds later and get another package in front of all the women. Um, you know, we saw a lot of the girls break down this week. We saw Katie get frustrated after she was kind of the one who stood up and told Matt about the drama. Then she hasn't gotten a one-on-one with him. And I think she was kind of devastated. We're seeing a lot of girls crack. We saw Michelle who got all the one-on-one attention when she first got there, but hasn't gotten any more. And she's struggling with that. Um, but then she had a little validation on the group date. We saw Abigail get really frustrated about not having any more one-on-one time after that first impression rose. I really thought she was going to be more of a contender. She's still in it. And I think it was really interesting to hear her talk about her dad and how sad that was something her and Matt can relate to, you know, having maybe absentee parents. Um, her vulnerability is amazing. And I think she's, probably one of the cooler contestants to ever be on the show. And she's a wild story and she's overcome a lot. So I would love to see more of her. And I really thought she was going to be more a bigger contender. Um, I think Matt likes her, but I think she's almost friend zoned. So I think she'll be around for a while, but I don't think she's going to be final four anymore. I used to say that now I'm thinking Brie because she runs under the radar, but you'll hear what Matt told me about Brie. Um, and then Piper, you guys, where did Piper come from? She got to make out with him in front of everyone on that group date. I know it wasn't supposed to be in front of everyone, but Matt like crashed her private interview with the producer to kiss her. So that was interesting. I think we might see more of Piper. Definitely Rachel. Like I said, the, I love you. We get into that conversation. He's super giddy. He can't stop smiling when he's around her. You know, there are rumors floating around about her, but I don't want to dive into them quite yet. Cause I think I'm expecting her 
to respond or ABC to respond or there'd be some respond because then it's just like alleged screenshots going around Reddit of things that, you know, are hard to link back to and validate. It's hard because, you know, everyone gets a platform now when they come on the show, right? And everyone gets a platform and then everyone who doesn't know them gets a platform to try to tear them down. So, or people who do know them from their past. And it's hard to separate fact from bitter or whatever. So we got to keep an eye on the Rachel situation. I'm sure there'll be more and they will be asked about it. Maybe at the tell all, maybe if she wins later on, I'm sure it'll come out. Um, but I think it's fair to give her a chance to respond. And these people can't really respond without ABC's permission. That's kind of how the show works. It's how you see producers or people getting in trouble with producers like your Luke Parker or now this Dylan Jed thing and them, you know, claiming the producer controls the narrative. So we'll see. Keep an eye on Rachel. Victoria C got the last rose before Victoria was at home, which was interesting. I don't know how much longer Serena C is going to stick around. Serena P is another one who I have my eye on. I think she's going to get more one-on-one time, um, even though she's also very young. And then we we ended with this MJ, um, Janessa, I can't think that's her name, um, one-on-one or two-on-one mini episode situation. Now, I want them to bring back the traditional two-on-one date. Back to the days where we had people being, I mean, Ashley I and Kelsey Poe were abandoned in the Batlands um, and Chris Souls got on a helicopter and just like waved and went goodbye. That's what I need to come back. Like, I don't want these pre-cocktail party showdowns. My guess is he's going to send them both home. MJ is definitely getting sent home. Even if he just talks to them quick and then brings them back to the row ceremony and sends them home there or sends them both home right then. I think Matt is done, you guys. He's done. Um, I'm sure, and he told me this, he learned even more things he didn't know when he was watching the episodes. Like his season has been full of drama and he's never been on a reality show. It's next level. Of course, we have Heather coming next week. Heather Martin from Colton season, finally in the promo, confirmed she'll be on next week's episode. I asked Matt about that. I mean... Obviously, there's no chance she's going to end up with Matt. He's saying, I love you to other women, and he's laying down the law with the drama. So I don't know if they, the, the network kind of screwed Heather over by making her wait for so long. I don't know if things would have been different if she showed up sooner. Um, I asked Matt about his history with her, so you'll hear that in a second. But I'm hoping, and I think, that the rest of the season will step back from the drama after we resolve all this MJ stuff and the Heather stuff. And focus more on these relationships because there's a lot of really great women there. There's definitely connections being formed. And I think Matt is going to end up with someone, but I don't know if he's going to get engaged. I could see him freaking out about that and that could end up being the narrative because I was talking about this on Us Weekly's Bachelor YouTube show today. Matt doesn't really have his like specific narrative set yet where a lot of times, you know, Ben Higgins was unlovable. Um, Colton was the virgin and they kept bringing it back for Matt. It's kind of just been, he's new here and let's adjust and get him used to the show, um, which has certainly been a trend throughout. And this episode was the first time he was really strong in his convictions. He laid down the law. He sent some of these women home that needed to go home and needed to be told that their behavior was unacceptable. And he kind of had to be like a teacher, like corralling the group and like reset, um, you know, you never know how much advice he was given to producers, but I feel like I, I don't know. I bought it. I genuinely believed a lot of that was him. Um, and I hope that he continues to do that and be strong in his convictions. And we see something great come out of this season because there's been a lot of good entertainment, including all those women showing up. And I get into that with him. You know, it, it probably wasn't fair to Matt James to have all these women show up and to have Heather show up. Was it great for us? Of course, but it probably wasn't fair to him. 
So I'm hoping the rest of the season, maybe things calm down a little bit in that. We can really focus and zoom in on these relationships. And then we'll get the tell-all where we can blow it all up again, which is my favorite. And then officially move on and see how this goes. I feel like this was a really solid episode. I think we're finally going to close the chapter on JV versus Varsity. We're closing the chapter on Victoria. We're probably going to close the chapter on MJ really soon after. And then we'll just focus on all these really cool women that we have left. And I'm really excited. Um, And I'm even more excited for you guys to all hear my chat with Matt James, which began with me asking him what is the biggest thing he's learned since watching everything back. So we started with that. What has he learned, you know, facts-wise that he didn't know? And then we ended with what's something he wish he knew before he started. And there's a bunch of other fun nuggets in there. So I think you're really going to like it. So here's my interview with Matt James. Let's just jump right in. I have so many questions for you, including what has been the most surprising thing for you to watch back that you've learned? Uh, Just a lot of the stuff that's going on uh, in the house when I'm not around, you know. I I guess I'm naive to think that everything is – is uh, cherries and blossoms, but um, last night was an example of, of hearing information for the first time and then acting on it. Did your perception of any of the women change as you've been watching these couple episodes back? Uh, you know, I don't try to, I try not to put my, um, I try not to, to judge in the moment. I try to take a collection of uh, events and, uh, and, and, and make the best assessment I can. And I think that, uh, and, you know, in Anna's case, it was a lapse in judgment. You know, that's it's, it's a tough lesson to learn. And I hope that, and I know that she'll be a better woman for it. And uh, just try to be empathetic to, to, to what it's like to be on that side of the road. You know, I've never been a, a contestant competing for time with me. You know, I don't know what that's like. So I can only imagine it's, it's extremely difficult. So uh, with that being said, I try to be as, as, as understanding as I can, but there's no room for, for, for name con and, and rumors because those things ruin people's lives. Um, this whole OGs, newcomers versus each other drama. Do you understand where the women were coming from when they were upset? Do you think they overreacted? How did you feel watching all of that play out and, and living it? Yeah, again, I try to be empathetic to that because I would be upset if new women came when I was part of this journey and, and you have all these newcomers, like very attractive, educated, well, everything that you would want and someone that you're looking for, you see come through the door five more. And, and I can see how that could be frustrating. I think there's a, uh, a certain way that you should deal with that frustration. And I don't think that the right way is to make up rumors and, and lies and, and to hurt someone's reputation. Um, I think that it's to be vocal about it with myself or within the group and just try to come to a, a general consensus on how you can coexist because they don't wield that authority to send somebody home. So they've just got to deal with it. And you don't want to make that environment difficult for other people to live in because then I'm going to hear about it. And then I'm going to have to ask you to go home. Did you give Brittany and Ryan those first roses last night at the rose ceremony first to kind of make a statement and be like, we got to move on from this varsity versus JV. BS. Yeah. I think the message there was that regardless of when you came or didn't come, you're here. And it doesn't matter to me. What matters is is our conversations, our connections, and and if I could see a future with you. And at that point, I can and could. And, and that's why I, I, I chose to make a statement like that to, to let people know that that stuff's not going to be tolerated. And, and moving forward, we're going to be moving different. Well, we have to talk about Victoria. 
Um, can you tell me a little bit about why you, you know, did keep her around for as long as you did, your connection, if you felt pressure, because you knew she was kind of the entertainment, anything like that? Uh, I didn't feel any pressure. I just feel like every time you interact with someone, you have to make a decision based off what is being presented to you. And uh, when that new information was being presented to me that uh, there was name calling and, and hurtful things being said about other people in the house, uh, when that was brought to my attention, then it's no longer about me and you, it's about you affecting everybody else. So, you know, it, that's an unfortunate way to have to handle uh, sending somebody home. But when you do something like that, it kind of makes my job easier because it's not something I'm going to stand for. Were you surprised that she kind of just stood there and didn't really react to you when you, you know, didn't give her the rose? Sarah, you know what? I had, I had dealt with so much at that point. That was the last thing I was even, I was, I couldn't have been less phased, you know? I was, I was just so, I was just, I had nothing left to give at that point. And I, I, th I thought it was pretty evident at, at that, that last interaction that I just, I didn't have anymore. What advice would you give to her if, you know, when she does start her next relationship, what have you learned from her and this whole, you know, the drama and the queen of it all? I would just hope that, you know, I don't, you know, I don't know. I, I can only speak to my, my experience. And I think that if I was in her shoes, I would try to get to the core of why I treat people that way or say the things that I do so that I could better understand myself and I don't project that onto the next person that I'm with because she has a lot of love to give. And if she can get past uh, the things that she's dealing with now, then she'll be fine. Let's talk about Rachel. We had, our, we had an L-bomb last night, which was very exciting for all of us. What was it about Rachel that made you, you know, start falling in love with her? so quickly? Uh, just, just a lot of it was off that first interaction we had night one where what she chose to use her time with me to speak about was very intentional and it wasn't something that wasn't gonna progress our relationship. And then when I saw her on the first group date, and I'm referring to all these instances that aren't one-on-ones because that was how our relationship was lived out. You know, I hadn't had that one-on-one -on -one time with her yet. And when I had that day to spend with her and really get to know her better, it just affirmed everything I'd already felt. And um, no one forced me to say that or us to say that. It's just, it felt right, you know? <laughs> you know, there's always so much around using the word love on The Bachelor. And I feel like it changes over the years. Like when you say it, if you can't say it, if you can't say it. Did you have any plan going in of whether you were going to tell more than one person, use the falling in love, use I love you, anything like that? Right. Uh, again, having not been part of The Bachelorette, before I was the bachelor, uh, I didn't know the, the rules and regulations of, of how to how to use that word. And so whenever I felt something, I said it. And I only said things that I meant and felt. So uh, for, for me, uh, if, if that got tossed around a few times, it's because I felt it. And if it doesn't, then that means that that connection hadn't blossomed to that point yet. So uh, yeah. In the promo for next week, we see Heather. We've been teased that Heather's going to show up. Can you tell me anything about your history with Heather and tease that for me? So, yeah, so I, I have met Heather before. Um, I, I had no relationship with her, but she does have a relationship with one of my good friends, Hannah Brown. And um, I was just as shocked to see her uh, as everyone else was uh, when, when she arrives. And I think it makes for a very interesting conversation. Got it. Okay, I'm going to run through a quick little rapid fire question. Spit out the first thing that comes into your mind. All right. All right. Contestant you, contestant you think fans haven't seen enough of? Brie. 
contestant who you think has a different side to share that we haven't seen? Yeah. Contestant you think was responsible for the most drama? <laughs> Victoria. Contestant you would like to see as the bachelorette? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, based off the women that have gone home, um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. He's speechless. Um, what can you tease about this two-on-one pickup situation we're going to start with with MJ? One sentence. Honesty is the best policy. Ooh, honesty is the best policy. I like that. And finally, what's something you wish you knew that you know now before you started this journey? How difficult those ceremonies are. I was like at almost hyperventilated. I couldn't catch my breath. It was very nerve-wracking being up there and having to deliver that. Wow. All right. I love it. Well, Matt, the season has been so good. I'm really enjoying it. Thank you for your service. And I'll let you go on with the rest of your day. I'm sure it's been a long one. No, I enjoyed it, Sarah. Thank you for having me. I hope to get to talk to you again soon, maybe with, you know, a fiance. I saw that Good Morning America thing. Oh, you saw that? Yeah, TJ, TJ teed that up well. Thank you, everyone, for listening to another episode of Here for the Right Reasons, Us Weekly's Bachelor podcast. We will be back on Friday to break down the biggest headlines of the week and tease what's to come on next week's episode. So don't forget to come back Friday and every week for more Bachelor content. 